0: Do you know uh, Luciano Brazzato? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know Luciano. Okay. Yeah.
1: How do you know him?
0: I know him through a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, through uh, auto racing. And yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. His uh, friend Keith, our mutual friend Keith.
1: He is such a nice... He's, a,
0: he's one of the nicest guys. I haven't talked to him in a while. I, I kind of feel bad. I got to get, get in contact he, well, he's, with
1: him. Gonna, he's gonna he, he listens to the podcast. Okay. So he's going to... And I've, I've actually asked him on yeah. the podcast. He'd be good. He, I, I keep on telling him he'd be telling, really good I keep on telling him that he'd be great he to think about it he huh. says no I'm not interesting I go, no, he, yeah, he's like, led an interesting Yeah, life. it's <laughs> like
0: you look at Lucia you go there's no way you played in the NHL
1: exactly there's no way what, until I go really and huh. so I, I literally after I had lunch with him Monday, I had to go on Google oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> he did yeah. but he's so unassuming oh totally he's, totally so nice you yeah. know he's, uh, he's great I like him I like him a lot he's one of my favorite people
0: Hi, I'm Rob Johnston. I'm the lead audio podcast producer and sound designer for podcasting at Curious Cast, which is Chorus Entertainment's new podcast division.
1: That's a long title.
0: It is a long title. That's why I just had to think about how am I <laughs> gonna phrase this.
1: Um I wanna well, let's let's start off with here. What what exactly does lead audio producer mean? What is what is that?
0: It's the guy who helps out all the other producers across the company who are putting podcasts together. Yeah. i sort of like the senior audio guy of uh, how they sound, ah. tips I can give them, ways I can help them maximize the uh, the sonic quality of it, ah. editing, um, dynamics, all of that. And then when we have original podcasts that we're putting together, okay, I'm the producer of that. I do the sound design, the assembly, the baking of it, if you will, you yeah. know, put it in the oven and bake it. Wow. Yeah.
1: So you're the guy that, you know, I, I love some of these podcasts. They have just amazing music. Yeah. That seems perfect. I'm going, man. But yeah. I've, I've caught on now. Some of this music that I hear is like, that's that's the same music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same yeah. music. So I'm, I'm, well, ca- I'm catching on to that. If
0: you listen to podcasts like uh, Dr. Death uh-huh. or any of the uh, wonderly, Wondery type podcasts yeah. or, or serial, guys like Jeff Schmidt who produce those, that okay. kind of thing, and they do all the sound design. Yeah. So when you're listening to it, hear the music come in, it's the balance of the voices, it's it's the overall assembly of everything. Wow. Um, and that's my background for, yeah. for, for, I mean, I come from a commercial production background in, in radio, mm-hmm. but one of the things I did for years was uh, world album premieres, uh, band interviews, things like that, long form programming, mm-hmm. where you have to balance the sound quality out for our listener enjoyment yeah so as toronto mike likes to say my claim to fame is uh technical production by rob johnston for the ongoing history of new music okay which is alan cross's yeah. show yeah i've been doing that since february 1995
1: wait when did that show begin
0: it began in february 1993 i wow. stepped in about a 100 show 110 yeah and we're up to show 829 now or something yeah (laughs)
1: wow so even when he even when (coughs) excuse me alan cross left yeah you were still doing that yeah
0: yeah we kind of see each other like an old married couple I, i i i i know exactly how to work with him and he knows how to deliver things to me so i don't even have to think about it and he trusts me implicitly. Like, if I want to make a decision about this will work or this will work, I'm going to change this, that, or the other. He just, go ahead, do it. It makes my life a lot easier because I know it's totally under your control and right. I don't have to worry
1: about it. So let me, let me ask you this question just out of, out, out of the blue. So let's say this was your, this was your project, this mm-hmm. podcast here. We would record it today. Yep. <clears throat> How much time goes by until it, it, it sees the light of day, until people are actually listening to it? Um... <clears throat>
0: Depends how many times we screw up when we want to do a take <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, no, you could. Ha- I could have it up tonight.
1: Okay, you know? wow. I would, I'd so take the sound put, file okay. back and throw yeah. it into
0: the session. I'd color it up, you know, edit down, edit what, whatever we want to take out and clean it up. Yeah. Um, generally, we probably have built up a template of ah, okay. intro that you like or sounds that you like or transition pieces that you like. I see. I know the EQ settings we want to use, the compression settings we want to use. Oh, wow. So that's the hard part. Yeah. Is getting that all set at the beginning. And okay. once you've got that all set, then it becomes a, a little bit easier each time you go. Wow. And we live in the world now where you don't necessarily have to um, record it or, or uh, mix everything in full in real time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were day, there back in, sure. the day, in the day quotes, <laughs> if it was a one hour show, it took you an hour to mix it down in real time. Okay. But with, you know, even versions of Pro Tools these days or uh, Audition, it's mm-hmm. all bouncing. So once you have it set, you just render it down and like a 45-minute file could take 2 minutes.
1: It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's ready to print. And then it's ready. Wow.
0: However, my my greatest fear about that are okay. the times you miss an edit or something. Meaning you left something and you didn't want to put in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that kind of Does that thing. That
1: happen when you're like late night. You can and, well, you, and sure, you forget that there one. Totally, there are times you're like, oh man,
0: I'm glad I caught that. Or you'll hear something, or you're like, oh. I mean, there are times I probably put in the wrong track or the wrong version of a track, and I'm like, ah, I didn't think about that. I mean, it wasn't like a know a, gl- a, bl- uh, a, a massive error. It was just like, oh, I really meant to put that version in instead of the other one, or. Or whatever, but, and you uh, and
1: you notice that, but oh yeah, do yeah. do listen, like do you ever get emails or notes saying, hey, so and so called us, or we're getting calls or anything like that? No, you emails might, or
0: tweets every once in a while. You may get the odd audio file that, that they might have noticed something was a little bit different, or it sounded a bit different, or yeah, yeah. levels of something else were off, and that's fine. I love the feedback, right? Yeah, yeah sure, um, sure. But um, you know, if I'm doing a show like Alan's show, which is an hour long uh, terrestrial radio show, yeah. When we first started doing it 20 some years ago, it was all analog, Mm -hmm. right? I would record it on quarter inch tape, Yeah. edit it down by splicing it. And you're actually cutting. You're actually splicing the tape, you know, grease pencil and knife and razor blade and everything. So you'd edit that all down. So let's say a 30 minute um, voice track, you'd have to edit that all down and then you have to lay that onto the the analog multi-track. Uh-huh. So you have to play that, and then you have to play the music in in real time. So it's all in real time. Yeah. So a one-hour show could take you four to five hours to put together.
1: Jeez. Yeah.
0: Nowadays, you know, I sit at my son's soccer practice, and I'll and throw a pair of headphones, and I'm, I'm editing the voice track, right, <laughs> on, on my MacBook Pro. Go home, grab the songs off Dropbox, because we use that. You know, yeah. grab them in, import them, throw them all in. Lay them all out. Find the transition pieces I want. I've already listened to the voice track because I've already edited it down. Yeah. But I haven't listened to him record it because he does it at his house in Oakville. He uploads it. I grab it. And then it. you grab it. Yeah. yeah. So the things you can do wherever you want to do it now—it's crazy.
1: That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, let's go. Let's go back to to when you you first started in radio, um, because you're, you're now a podcast producer essentially mm-hmm. yeah um, although there's some really interesting things that chorus is doing with you know melding both radio and mm-hmm. podcast together um, but you know you, you got your start in radio Wh- where did you actually go to go to school what did you study
0: I well I'll take you back to the fall of 1989 when mm-hmm. I was deciding I thought I wanted to get into broadcast okay. so um, I wanted to get into Ryerson or Humber or Centennial whatever yeah and, it, and I knew if I wanted to get into Ryerson I needed to have experience. So somebody had said, well, you know, you can get volunteering, volunteer and call up CFNY. They're always looking for volunteers. Yeah. So I called up CFNY and started as a volunteer answering phones. Who was I answering the phones for on the All Request Nooner? Alan Cross. Oh, my goodness. I know. Like, come on, right?
1: <laughs> Does he remember the, oh, you yeah, doing yeah. that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> so it was the fall of 89, so almost 29 years ago. I'm dating myself right now. You, you do the <laughs> math. You'll figure out how old I am. Um, and then got into RTA kept working at the station while i was in rta did all the promotion stuff operations overnight all that mm-hmm. you know um chris Shepard show martin streaks club 102 i used wow. to sit back at i used to sit back in brampton and keep an eye on the signal and if it went down i would you know fill in so my saturday nights were spent feet up on a desk listening to the radio and watching uh watching bad overnight television. Um, one of the, one of my favorite shows is... Remember that one that was on City TV? that was a cab driving all around the city. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, that. I used to watch that all the time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It literally is just a cab. Yeah, it's just a cab <laughs> driving around to jazz music. Um, so then I did that. I graduated, spent a year uh, as a teaching assistant at Ryerson uh, for the audio program for RTA. Um, so
1: you knew you wanted to be behind yeah, the mics instead of...
0: N- yeah, I never... Okay. I. I, th- I knew that if I wanted to be on air, I could do it. But that would mean, Lord knows where I'm going to be working. Mm. Right? And I kind of thought, I really enjoyed being behind the scenes. I loved taking stuff into a studio, creating it, and coming up with, with a sound of something.
1: Were you doing stuff like at home before you even decided this was a thing? Mm,
0: not really. Okay. Um, it was, it was I, I, I don't know how I really stumbled into it. Yeah. I have an idea how I stumbled into mm-hmm. it. I was always a fan of, of broadcast, of radio. I wasn't uh, deep into it, but I remember my sister graduated from Ryerson in 85 or 86. She graduated out of fashion, and the RTA alumni graduated that day too, and they just looked like they were having a blast, and I thought, that looks pretty cool. Okay. All right, right. so yeah, yeah. young and impressionable. Yeah, yeah, But as I went through RTA, I decided that, or it was reaffirmed to me that television didn't interest me as much as radio or audio did. Okay. I just couldn't get into TV. I felt like there was too many people doing too many things, and that frustrated me. Huh. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Right. Not that I wanted to have authority or anything. It's just that I like taking some pieces, going into a studio with a couple people, and coming up with something crazy on audio and letting your mind fill in the blanks. Okay. So then I I uh, spent a year as a as a lab assistant while still working at CFNY. Yeah. It was insane, and then. (laughs) It was about January or late 94. I kind of made this decision of, okay, I'd either, I either need to land something full-time here mm-hmm. or I'm going to pull the plug and go somewhere else across the country. Oh, okay. Right? I kind of left myself a timeline of, let's say, I think I said by the end of March or April of 95, if nothing happens. And I've been you know, kind of letting them know I would like to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. And then I come in and I'd, I still remember this because it was a Friday the 13th.
1: Oh wow! And I come in,
0: <laughs> and Jim McCarty, who was the uh, creative director, said, um, "Craig is leaving. He's going to work with John Derringer to be the producer for his morning show. Mm-hmm. I'd love to give you a shot at being a producer." Wow! And so that was it, and it just went from there.
1: And what what were you? What was your first gig there? Like at uh, first commercial Full production. Time. Okay.
0: So putting spots together, commercials, um, doing all that. Mm-hmm. Did that for a number of years uh, until Jim left in oh. Two and then I moved into the role of creative director. So as the creative director, I oversaw the the team, writers and producers for Q Edge and Six Forty. Because about that point in time, we had all come together.
1: What's a now? What's a creative director? Because that sounds like a huge. Yeah. So basically,
0: I oversaw the producers, my old job. Yeah. And the writers of commercials and imaging. Okay. All the background sound design and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I I looked after that team, and we were a team about eight of us. Okay. Um. And I did that up until uh, the summer of 05 when they said... Oh, wow. Yeah, when they said, um, so we'd like to pay you not to come to work from now on. <laughs> Here's a year and a half not to come to work.
1: Fantastic. Like,
0: okay, that sucks. Like, I, I, I kind of saw it coming down the pipe. Um,
1: now, that that's a, like, how many years is that? 20-some years. So 20-some years. So you've seen... You, had seen a lot of changes, oh, so yeah. like you said, when when you saw it coming, I can imagine you did because, you know, uh, I'm sure your team of eight, what what size? Yeah, was we it were down we to left? like
0: six at that point in time, mm-hmm. and they were getting rid of some of the middle management that summer, and yeah, I
1: consolidation. Yeah, and you know, right? revenues
0: were short, and you, you knew what you knew. Something was eventually going to come, but the problem is, you also get to the point where you've invested that much time and energy into it. I wasn't feeling like I wanted to walk away from what could have been a pretty good deal. Yeah. And I had the I had a great team I was working with. I had the good flexibility to work from home, work at the office and, and I en- I still enjoyed what I was doing.
1: Yeah. Even with a year and a half severance. Yeah, I mean that
0: well and th- then I kinda took stock after that, figured, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. What do I want to do? Yeah. Um I saw podcasting as something that was growing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and uh you know, who knows what would have happened back at that point in time if, if we had been in the game more then. But sure, there were so sure, many sure. other things going on at the time. Yeah. But so I, I became a fan of podcasting. Okay, and um, I still kept doing Alan's show. Yeah. Even after that, how does that work? They paid him to pay me.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And again, right. it
0: came back to that whole thing of I need Rob to work with me yes. because nobody else can do what he does. He for knows me. what he, he makes he, the sound. He, he makes knows it. exactly he makes what I need to do. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I sometimes don't think I give myself enough credit for. Being as good a producer as I am, you know, all the album premieres and whatnot that I've done over the years, record label guys are still phoning me up to do spots and specials and things. So, you know, I still do my own freelance work on the side. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, so it was almost three years to the to the week between my leaving chorus and my coming back to them Mm -hmm. for Curious Cast. Wow.
1: Yeah. So let's let's go back. I'm very curious uh, about. All of these changes Mm -hmm. that you saw in radio. Yeah. Um, Everything from, you know, you're working on commercial. Commercial sounds so much different today on radio. Or or, or maybe it's just this whole nostalgia thing. But, you know, you look back and you go, man, some of those commercials, they're actually entertaining. You listen to a bunch now and it's like, you know.
0: There have been changes in the business where you just don't have enough you don't have enough people in the building mm. to pull off what you want to do. You don't have as many voices, you don't yeah. have as much time to work with a client, to work with writers, to work with talent. To put a really good piece together, it takes a long time. Yeah. You know, the guys at Pirate are just down the street from you. Pirate oh, yeah, Radio, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. and they that's what they specialize in. That's right. And that's where Terry O'Reilly came from. Yeah. Um, he helped create that. And it takes a long time to put a well-crafted piece together.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think as the years have gone by, there aren't the time or the resources or the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, resources are stretched thin. T- people, um, you know, you're trying to do too many jobs, and not necessarily just for the market you work in. Yeah. You're doing work for other markets. Yeah. Because they don't have as many people. So, it's no one's fault. It's just the way the, the, the way, way the business. Is. Has, and it's like any business, right? Yeah. yeah. All businesses have gone that way.
1: Was was you know? I look back and I and I was having this talk with myself about. This whole idea of consolidation mm-hmm. um, in, in media, you know, you, we we see it in you know, there's a handful of companies nationwide that own the majority of the radio stations. Um, there are a less than a handful of um, tech uh, communications companies, mm-hmm. right? The the Bells and, and uh, Rogers and so on. Um, you know, all this consolidation all over media. Um, and I was thinking to myself, I don't you, When it was sold to us, when we heard about consolidation, we just heard about all the great things that were gonna come out of it. Oh, this just means things are gonna be better. We'll be able to use talent, all this and that. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I don't know if that was any good anymore because it it, it just seems that um, the quality hasn't kept up or or hasn't improved. I used to be a big wrestling fan. Mm. Uh, and I remember when the Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. uh, when WWE, back then WWF versus WCW, you knew that both shows you could watch and get quality programming. Yeah. And now real there are still other um, wrestling outfits out there, but the quality seems to have gone down because there's not that competition Yeah. anymore. And I'm, I'm wondering if all this consolidation has resulted in less competition, which has resulted in quality... Going down. I'm curious about your thoughts on all this stuff.
0: That's it's a really interesting uh, thought. Uh, I I think as I've seen the business over the years and I've understood it more. Yeah. And I've understood business more. Mm -hmm. um, My reaction to it now is it's the way it's just keeping up with the way business needs to be executed in order to maintain the business itself. Mm. What I'm finding most interesting is when I left Chorus, and when I've come back in those three years, it's gone from being a smaller company to a large company now because of the um, acquisition of Shaw. Yeah. I could see that eventually happening when I was there. Yeah. Because they were both uh, Shaw family property, you know, overship controlled by the Shaw family. So to come back to it now and have access to all this other talent within the business to me Mm. is amazing. Yeah. And I think it's just how you, as a, as, as, as a broadcaster, how you use it to your advantage. Hmm. Um, yeah, from a consumer, it's different. Yeah. Um, it, but what does a consumer really want these days? That's the million-dollar. Do question, they just want access to content? Hmm. Do they just want? radio's an interesting thing, though, because to me, radio always been like, um, it's been like your your music collection okay if you were to say to somebody if you are asked ask somebody what radio station do you listen to and they were to say I listen to this station you have a pretty good idea where their headspace is at
1: okay it's
0: kind of like you said to somebody who are your favorite bands so I like this this and this okay I have a pretty good headspace of where you are yeah if you were to say what are your favorite teams in soccer or hot or football or whatever you could line them off and you might not get that sort of sure analysis do you know what I mean yeah yeah it's so interesting The radio has always been a very personal um, expression for people yeah um but I found that during the intervening years, yeah. I, I kind of got to, I think, appreciate it a bit more because I started listening to a lot more radio in different stations. Okay. And I didn't feel like I was hypersensitive to it mm. and looking for how is this going to sound, how's that sound, how's the competition doing. I could kind of step back and and really dig it more.
1: Okay, enjoy it rather than critique it. Exactly, exactly. And then
0: instead of worrying about, oh my gosh, what does this client want? What does that client need? How are we going to make this sound better? How's that going to sound better? Yeah. So, during the intervening years, I was trying to figure out, did I really want to get back into radio, quote, proper? Or did I want to see where else I could lend myself to?
1: Yeah. What what, what are a few of the Changes, whether it's on the audio production side or, or elsewhere, that you s- have seen in radio um, over the years. Like changes, you know, for, for me, you know, it's. I, I remember the days when, you know, I, I'm. You know, Tom Rivers and Mike Cooper on, on, on 680 CFTR, when, when that was a top 40 radio station, mm-hmm. you know, before they went to uh, All News. Yeah. Is it all new? Yeah. All news now. Yeah. Um, You know, listening to the top six at six, the Mm -hmm. stupid joke of the day. um, There there was the music, but there was also the personalities.
0: And that's the tough part now. Yeah. I mean, radio is always going to be a locally driven medium. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, I think personality is the one thing that's harder to get through these days because there's so many i think so many different outlets for for people to try and cater to Mm. do you focus on your announcer do you focus on i mean i'm not a radio programmer Mm. you know but do you focus on twitter or facebook or instagram or creating youtube videos or doing a podcast or doing this and still deliver the on-air product right I mean, this is the the one thing, the one bizarre thing about Alan's show is that it is still on air 25 years later because it breaks every single convention of radio. The DJ, the announcer never tell, rarely tells you the, doesn't always tell you the song. Yeah. I won't say rarely or never. Doesn't always tell you the song. Never says the call letters of the radio station. Yeah,
1: he doesn't do any of that. Doesn't
0: (laughs) always play the full version of the song. Yeah. And it's like a documentary show that runs on rock stations. It just seems odd.
1: So what? Okay, so let's talk about that. What has? Why has that show succeeded?
0: I truly think it's the writing and the crafting of the story. Hmm. It's. And is that all, Alan? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And we try and keep it pretty evergreen. Sure. It can be challenging though. I mean, there's eight hundred plus shows. I can't go back and. Podcast, all of them, because some of them are dated and they just, or mm-hmm. the sound quality is, even though at that time it sounded good, I don't think it sounds good now.
1: But you up you've you've, I guess uploaded all of them.
0: Um, we have about 115 online right now. Okay, okay. So you got, w- you've picked and chosen. Yeah, which ones what we up? did okay. was we kind of th- when when Chorus was getting into the podcast game, Alan and I were trying to figure out a way to get ongoing history involved because for years and years and years and years, and years people had wanted to hear it online. But we couldn't put the full show up with the music because of the royalty right, royalties yeah. and and all that. It just copyright. You know, we get smashed yeah. on that. Yeah. And as a big broadcaster, you just can't do what you want to do. Sure. So we tried to figure out a way to do it, and you know, ongoing history is a chorus property, so we couldn't be cavalier about it. Yeah, yeah. So when we when they started getting into the podcast game, we said, well, let's give it a run with the ongoing history. It's got a built-in fan base. If anything, might have a chance at, at getting success. It sure. Seems like a pretty good starting point. Yeah. So, we started with some some shows. We took some feedback to figure out how to make it sound better from the listeners. And essentially, what we did is we um, telescoped the songs out to their 15, 20 second hooks, just as transitional pieces between the dialogue, Ah. between Alan's dialogue.
1: So, instead of an hour show. an
0: hour show, it's maybe anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes, depending Uh on how much talk is involved.
1: And is that 15 second? Is that like a standard?
0: Yeah, we don't really want to go anywhere beyond that. Okay. We don't want to. Yeah. We don't want to get anyone into trouble. Sure, sure, and sure. And there's sure. sort of a, I think, you know, the, everyone sort of understands what we're trying to achieve with it. Yeah. Um, So we put it up February 2017, and it just started to grow and grow. And our, our big thing was, man, if we can hit a million downloads by the end of year one, that'll mm-hmm. be amazing. And we did that like mid-January, we hit a million downloads. I said, to Alan, today I think we're going to hit three million by the end of October. Wow! Like it's just ramped. Yeah. So we're we're you know doing two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand a month.
1: Wow, that yeah. must be very gratifying. It's amazing. It, it, yeah. It's so
0: good. It's like it it shows you the longevity of the show and that yeah. people are. week get people all the time asking for older shows. Back in in the spring, I thought, let's put up a bonus episode once because what we were doing as I was. We would air like let's for in, say for instance this Sunday night's episode yeah. that just aired mm-hmm. it will go up today at Wednesday at midnight so okay. and you know at midnight because I want all the affiliates across the country to have run at one time
1: okay so they all run it and then they all run it and then yeah. I'll put it up as a podcast yeah
0: so if you heard it on Sunday or Saturday or whatever you're gonna you can then get it from Wednesday onwards yeah and then on. On the weekend, I'll put up what I call a bonus episode, which is an episode from the archives that ah, people might have wanted to request. So okay. I'll throw that up. So you're really getting two shows a week for yeah. the cost of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: That is really, really cool.
0: But here's the thing. Mm. I kind of saw this coming years ago. So I had started saving all the um, proper mix sound files so I could go back and remix the show. Okay. Because. My whole thing was it has to sound as good as a podcast as it does on air. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it should mirror the same thing. It should be the same quality. It should be the same quality.
1: Okay. How would it not be the same quality? I'm curious.
0: Well, if I was to try and, um, you know, not use the right plugins or compressions or just mm. do it that way it, it's pretty easy to do when you're doing it terrestrial to do yeah. it the other way or if i was to take a version you know from a radio logger or so it, it actually something else. sounds
1: different if you were to just take that same recording it, it, and upload it it.
0: I, it could okay i suppose okay but it's it sounds the exact same. it actually probably sounds cleaner yeah. as a podcast because it's not going through the on-air compressors
1: interesting i was listening to um to tune in i was listening to i don't i don't know if it was the, i think it was the fan And it actually sounded so much different coming from my—I don't know if it was—it was because it was coming from the Google Mini, um, or and before it's coming from these big speakers that I got in my living room. But it sounded way different.
0: Because you're not hearing the AM compressed signal, right? Ah. You're hearing it in a sense, kind of a a more natural pre-transmitter feed, probably.
1: And I don't know if I liked it. It sounded different. Like it sounded really different. Like I don't know. You know, some people they can tell the difference between a record. Yeah. And a CD or whatever, yeah. and I go, I'll believe you. Like I, be- I believe Neil <laughs> Young. That that the stuff that he's done, um, sounds better, but yeah. I, I can't tell.
0: Well, you can listen to all the different stations in the city, and you can hear their different loudness levels and compression settings.
1: Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. If you listen
0: to some of the AM stations, you'll hear various different levels of compression to yeah. make the signal sound louder and cut through and be more balanced. Hmm. I mean, I listen to the Fan Five Ninety. To me, it sounds like there's a lot of elasticity in the signal. Okay. Um, from the compression, and then mm-hmm. you'll listen to, like, if you were to listen to um, Radio One. Yes. It sounds quieter. That's true. Then other stages... Like there's
1: nothing there. It's just a voice. Yeah. yeah. you're right. Okay. Because they're
0: probably pulling back their compression settings to make it sound more natural. Okay. That's the hard thing about compression is how much do you put on it yeah. before it sounds... Uh, it crushes it too much.
1: What, what, do you, what have you found that people naturally enjoy listening to? Like is, is there a science to all of this or is it really... It depends on what you like. like you might like that type of music or that or, or something else.
0: It's really I'm finding it really hard these days. OK. Um, if I'm mixing something down, if I'm mixing a podcast down, and I know what's going on is a podcast only, OK, that is challenging in a sense where what are you going to listen to it on? Are mm. you listening to it on your, on your Alexa? Are you listening to it in your car? Are you listening to it on your earbuds? Are you listening to it? you know where were you consuming Mm, it yeah and it's not like you're mixing different versions of it but it's all about how loud do you want things to sound and the majority of people are listening to podcasts through their iPhone or or their Android true true so it's probably going to be through some headphones
1: (coughs) that's really interesting I never thought about that all these other things you need to think about yeah to decide how you're going to yeah wow so guys like me and Mike who just have this <laughs> a bunch of wires cobbled together. You guys are doing great though. I mean, but
0: that's 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 the thing about podcasting. It's getting people out there to have a calm approach to it. Is is I if given the ability, I want to make it sound the best it possibly can. Um, and it's no fault to anybody else if they don't do it that way. Some people just don't have the time or the knowledge or the skill set. I couldn't go into Photoshop and try and redo a picture. Mm. I,
1: pff, that's not you. Yeah, that's fair not enough.
0: my. I. I I'm in awe of people. I'm in awe of people who can run an Excel spreadsheet because I can't figure (laughs) that out for the life of me, right? You
1: know. How did you make this happen? (laughs) Put me in front of Pro Tools and I'll whip you something up. But I
0: I have no idea how to do a calculation in 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 Excel. Have you ever wanted to
1: get behind the mic? Um.
0: Yes and no. Yeah. I find the sound of my, listening to the sound of my voice through your headphones really weird. That's me. <laughs> it's really weird. Even when I'll voice a spot, I'm like, uh, you know, it's like that old episode of The Simpsons where Marge Simpson is listening to her voice and she's like, oh my God, do I really sound like that? It's the same thing, right? Um, I had thought about getting into programming or on air. Yeah. But all I knew was I never knew where I might be living month to month, year to year.
1: If you did that. yeah. If I did that. And...
0: Yeah i'm a toronto i'm born in mississauga <laughs> i love traveling but you know my wife um is from here my family's home majority is of my family says, it's home yeah. um and i know a lot of guys who have journeyed the country and i yeah, have sure. full respect for that because yeah. that is hard to do yeah especially with a family
1: oh for sure absolutely i'm, I'm curious you know all, all this time with you i like the way you
0: keep using curious I, i've said that too many times <laughs>
1: This episode is brought to you by Curious Cast. <laughs> um, with the amount of time that you have put into ongoing history, mm-hmm. and now that it is online, you know I don't, and I'm not. You can tell me whether or not you're allowed to share any of this stuff. Have you noticed where listeners are now coming from? Because now it's globally available. It's not just Toronto. It's not just at, at at core stations. It's it's all over the world.
0: And that's the crazy thing. And again, Alan and I were talking about this today with somebody who said, "It's I love going in and looking at the metrics and yeah, seeing yeah, and yeah. like, oh my god, we got three downloads from Turkmenistan <laughs> or, or you know Burkina Faso."
1: And he's like, "How does that happen?" <laughs> um,
0: so I love analytics. Yeah. And I love digging in and seeing where things are coming from.
1: Where is there a large listenership that in in a country like large, You know, not two or three there, but like you're getting like the UK thousands. is pretty big. Yeah, UK can see is big. That Australia music, is pretty
0: yeah. big. The states is big. Can- sure. I mean, obviously, Canada is ninety percent of our of our yeah. downloads. Yeah. Um, but it's the number one music podcast on iTunes. That's amazing. And if you go to the music, it usually three or four or five of the episodes are in the top ten. That's amazing. And it's just it's astonishing.
1: That's like winning the World Series podcast. You know, <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's, it's and I
0: love it. Um, I love it because it it shows that people appreciate the product yeah and podcasting is hard fortunately you know we have the megaphone of the radio stations of course yeah and the built-in audience yeah absolutely you, know? you
1: got that brand name recognition alan cross absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah you know everyone has heard that name in toronto at the at least at least if yeah. you've listened to a, if you're into music at all you know or, yeah. or you've listened to the radio you've, you've definitely heard that um I was going to say that word, but I'm, not, I'm trying not to say it now that you pointed it out. Um, so ongoing history goes from radio to podcast. Yeah, still on radio. But it's still on the radio. Yeah. Um, now, in your new role, mm-hmm. you're almost doing it differently.
0: Yeah. I, I've i been talking with... with um the folks at Curious Cast, m- m- more specifically, uh, Chris Duncombe, uh, Dunner, who's overseeing it. I've known Chris for 15 years or mm-hmm. so. Um, if you ever have se- heard the band The Washboard Union, he's one uh-huh. of the lead guys in that. All in right. He's a very, very cool guy. And I kind of got a wind th- that they were going to do something like this. So Chris and I started talking and I wanted to get in a sense of how do you see this shaping out? Mm-hmm. Um, and he explained it to me. And I thought, OK, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty interesting uh, t- approach that they're taking. Mm-hmm. So it's not just um, taking radio shows that exist and flipping them into podcasts. Yeah,
1: which are like every talk station, whether you're sports or all talk. it's They all do it, and they do it. it
0: completely wrong. Hmm.
1: Right? Tell me. Tell me. What, what are they doing wrong? You, I, you just opinion? can't
0: take a radio show and put it up as a podcast. Okay. Well, you, you can. Yeah, yeah But sure. what we're trying to do is we're trying to make them more podcast – more cater the more to a podcast audience right Okay. putting more messaging in there about you know subscribe rate recruit you know those sort of things yeah, yeah. Um, and taking out ex- ex- strenuous things that as a podcast listener th- doesn't matter to you mm-hmm. um, so you know we're, we're, we're encouraging people internally to podcast their shows to put up as podcasts because you've already got your built-in audience why not trying to grow it out yeah um, we're partnering up with existing podcasters and bringing them in house like we just brought nighttime in uh, Mm -hmm. jordan Bonaparte, we brought him in but the interesting thing we're doing with jordan's shows we're actually going to turn that into a radio show as well yeah so it's going to be airing on our talk stations Mm
1: -hmm. from
0: late october onwards
1: so tell me like are you the guy who is has like hundreds of podcasts coming into their phone and and going through and discovering? Are you the I'm one? Not that, I'm yeah. not that person. You're not we, that person. We have someone who... So it is someone's job to. There is
0: someone who, who does go and, and, and look for podcasts. and yeah. We all do, but... Sure, sure, sure. She's really good at that. Yeah. Um,
1: so what was it about this, about Nighttime, that made it a, an ideal fit for you guys? Um,
0: I wish I had the right answer for that <laughs> one. Um, I think I think just... He it, it, it tells good stories. Okay. He tells really interesting stories from yeah, a Canadian yeah. perspective. You know... Uh, I wouldn't say conspiracies per se, but just, you know, um, investigative pieces and whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, and I think the appetite was, well, we can turn these into radio shows as well. Yeah. So um, that's an interest. And there's a number of, you know, Bell's doing that with um, uh, what show, Jen Arden and. um, Yes, that's right. Arlene Dickinson, Mm -hmm. you know. So, why wouldn't you, if you have the power of a megaphone of a broadcaster, try and do both? Yeah. Right. And then the third uh, approach is creating our own original content. Yeah. uh, Which to me was probably the most attractive part. Mm. um, Because you're storytelling. Yeah. And we have a number of those that are coming out now. And one that we, one that had already been started before I came on board was called. uh, it, it's a story about one of uh, our guys in Vancouver and his journey through Parkinson's. It's yes. Called, it's called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Yeah. And Larry Gifford is is our uh, program director at CKNW. And after about eight years of trying to figure out what's going on, he discovered last summer, I have Parkinson's. So he's been documenting it all along and wanted to turn it into a podcast. Oh, wow. So they had built out a bunch of skeleton shows and, and approaches the way they want to do it. And when I came on board, I said, this is great. Let me help you put it together. Let mm-hmm. me take that off your plate yeah. and let's make this sound big. Yeah. You know, let's use all our tools. So we put it out, and um, the next episode comes out tomorrow. And this next episode is one of the most emotional pieces I've ever put together. Wow. If this thing doesn't make you cry, like I said, <laughs> if this doesn't make you cry, you, you must be a zombie and we have to eradicate you because it is powerful. Because he's talking about. How he um, you know, broached it with his family mm-hmm. and their reaction to it. You know, wow. my little brother has Parkinson's, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, they're, they're, it's all human emotion. Wow. So it's going to be a, an ongoing journey yeah. of, and we've mapped out a whole number of shows, and it's just going to keep going. And what I love about it is the number of people I'm hearing from oh my mom has that oh my uncle has that oh my Mm -hmm. sister-in-law has that it's one of those diseases that a lot of people know about but people don't really know about it because as larry says in his show it's not gonna kill me it will slow me down and may lead to other things that eventually in time sure sure but it's not gonna it's not something that's just gonna yeah i'm gonna wake up one day and i can't kill me right yeah so and people think, oh, Parkinson's, that's the one that... Uh, oh, that's what Muhammad Ali has. And, yeah, yeah. And, Ma- and Michael J. Fox has. And Neil Diamond has. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. So I love this the fact of telling the human story. Mm. Um, so that's the developing the originals. Uh, news documentaries. There's other ones that we're working on, so.
1: That's really... Is it...
0: That's what I love about podcasting. Yeah, is 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 the conversation and the story.
1: And why is that a good fit? Is that something that radio has forgotten, that needs to come back? Is that is that the value of pod? I you know we could talk mm. about the monetary stuff, but I know that's not your sort of domain. But is is that what radio? Has missed because I remember listening yeah. to Chum FM back in the day on Sunday nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have an hour or two of, of, of comedy. Yeah. And then you'd have. I used to listen to that stuff all the time. Yeah, you have like late night radio dramas. Yeah. And they were, they were amazing. Yeah. I'd go to bed with those.
0: Well, that's where it all started, right? Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen to War of the Worlds. Yes. You know, that right? kind of
1: thing. That, that's, that's, that was my radio back then. And it's not, So I'm curious are you, are, is, is this the movement to bring storytelling back to radio? Is I, that I d- why it works?
0: I don't know, or if it's just, it's just a really compelling hmm. story. Okay. You know, I look at some of the some of the successful podcasts out there, like um, Dirty John or whatnot, and they're hmm. like, that is a really crazy story. And if you do it well, and you tell it well, and you can get it from from an, a level that just engages people, you know, your audience will stay with you. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like radio, where you know, podcasting, you're not paying for it. True. Right? True. Radio is one of the last, in podcasting or two, of the last free mediums there are out there for yeah, consuming yeah. something, and YouTube, things like that. Yeah. So um, it, I guess it comes back to that way back in the day when I first started out, loving to just go into a studio and create something.
1: Yeah, create, yeah, the art of it, right? Yeah.
0: So what I'm trying to do with these and what we're trying to do with them is make them sound as best they can be. Mm-hmm. And if we have the tools to do it, let's let's do it, right? Yeah. Because the thing about podcasting, I find I'm, I'm by no means. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a journeyman in it, I think. I kind of stumbled into it in some ways. Um, but a lot of people do the best they can with podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe we're kind of reaching that point where podcasts like what you know, what you're doing, what Mike's doing, they'll always be there and there's always going to be a great audience for them and they're so well done and there's such great stories. Mm-hmm. But people want are going to want to hear really good sounding. Yeah. product. Of course. You know.
1: No that that is so true. So I can't listen to my whole stuff. You know what I mean? So if you can
0: take the time and put it together and make it sound great then then yeah. then, then by all means do it and then it becomes a reflection of of your company as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is the whole attitude i always had when, when i was in, in production was in, in creative production was i don't want to put a commercial on that sounds bad because that that's a reflection of our station yeah, yeah. right let's make it sound as great as we possibly can do it mm-hmm. um so that, that's just where my head has kind of always been sure
1: should should um you obviously have to take into account now and I don't know maybe curious cast is different you know where does the commercial mm-hmm. come in um, as someone who is in charge of the sound of, of these things where 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 do you prefer them
0: We're trying to find a natural break okay natural break in the story mm-hmm. um, and just sort of organically put it in there yeah, yeah. as best as we can sure, sure. And that's certainly one of the things as we're putting something together it's like where do we think is the best we try and keep it within a certain and everybody tries to put it within a certain spot yeah yeah. there's all metrics saying it's best to put it here 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 and here but we want to put it somewhere where it just sounds like there's a good or we can create a good spot for it yeah right
1: yeah and you take charge of the sound of that commercial as well
0: um yeah generally Yeah. yeah We'll all you know make sure it, it fits sound, in, and that's almost. the thing with with a podcasting commercial. You don't want it to sound big and overwhelming and boom, no, boom, no. boom. You want it to just sound almost the complete opposite to what you're used to doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's one of the first things I was like, "Well, I got to kind of." When I first started doing podcasting years ago, I was like, "I got to kind of got to reprogram my brain." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, less is more. Y- yeah, almost.
1: You know? right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So nighttime, <clears throat> nighttime are, are these sort of crime true crime stories yeah that, he, right?
0: he, he's he got some pretty cool stories about um uh w- what some of the great ones he's done over halloween the last couple of years like ghost stories in halifax because mm. he's based on halifax he's okay, so okay, okay, really yeah. interesting you know canada and the ufo uh, sightings and stuff so yeah it, it's really the, good like he's he's they're, they're really well done
1: nice nice
0: it's, and it's great to have somebody like that on board who sure. is putting out amazing product and and can have um, a platform that I'm sure when they first started off they never thought how oh, my God this is this is amazing yeah a
1: lot of people are listening to it now music as part of ongoing history mm-hmm. uh, when life gives you Parkinson's you know these are all sort of niche is is that are those the podcasts that you find are the ones that. Generate a strong and loyal following.
0: That's a really. Like what good, works in I, terms I, of the, con, you I, know. I don't know whether I have the expertise to answer mm. that effectively. Yeah. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there that are pop culture that have huge audiences. Hmm. You know, I mean, everybody wants to be the next Joe Rogan. Well, that's lightning in a bottle. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it, 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 I don't know if you're ever gonna. How many people can do that? <laughs> um. But you look at something like the Daily from the New York Times, which is getting millions of downloads. Yeah. Um, Daily. Daily. Well, that's just there, right? Yeah. It's it's crazy. So I think there's an audience out there for almost anything. And that's one of the beauties about Mm. podcasting is if somebody wants to tell a story about anything, you'll find a podcast for it. But one of the things I remember saying to former broadcasters that I know who wanted to get into podcasting, you know, they're like, "I'm not you know, on air anymore. Cutbacks and this." I think I'll get into podcasting. I said, "Okay, it's not as easy as you think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It takes an incredible amount of dedication mm-hmm. to do it, and you have to be consistent. Yeah, and you have to promote it, mm-hmm. and you just can't sort of do it here and there." I look at what Humble and Fred have done. Yeah, you know, they're like pioneers in what they True. did, and I'm. I'm amazed about what they've done. But they went they went all in on it. Yeah, I remember Howard saying to me one day, I, I went out and visited them, and he said, you know, this is stuff we never thought we would do. Like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. We never did this before. But mm-hmm. now, if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. That's right. And now we have an absolute pride of ownership. Not that they didn't have it before, yeah. but this is our thing. We're going to make this work. You know, and they've certainly... From I From start to finish. Yeah. They, are,
1: they do take care of it all.
0: And I think they've sort of led that... <clears throat> They're, they're, they're certainly pioneers in, in the in the uh, broadcast the podcast world, mm-hmm. and now they're back on back on radio, back yeah, on radio. That's right. But they're still doing it but as a podcast. But it's a
1: podcast, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. The it's, radio station takes it and yeah.
1: just uploads it almost. It's,
0: really. it's. I think they kind of do them both live at the same time. Yeah. Huh? But it, it's it's fantastic. Right. It These so are guys who have b- embraced it, and 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 done a, such a fantastic job with it.
1: Let's talk a little bit about you. Mm. Um. Here's the boring part. A, the. B- <laughs> um, you're a Liverpool soccer fan.
0: hmm Yeah, being a Liverpool supporter is like being an England supporter or a Leafs supporter. <laughs> you kind of set yourself up for object failure. For failure. You know. But, you know, knock on wood, this year might be the the real deal. Might be this year. The season
1: just recently. Season start. Which last, is weird, right? It's like it's like it a, almost never
0: ends. Yeah. <laughs> the last game we lost. Was the Champions League final? Okay. So they're undefeated in the regular season, mm-hmm. and they're undefeated in the Champions League. Mind you, they've only played one Champions League match. Yeah. yeah. But this next week, two weeks ago, and, and Luciano, if he's listening, he and I, he always asks me about Liverpool. Um,
1: Who's his team?
0: I think it's an Italian team. Believe okay. it or not.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right.
0: Could be Milan. Yeah. I, yeah. I could be wrong. He's there every summer, I think. Juventus, it might be Juventus. Mm. If it's Juventus and he's probably pretty happy right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um yeah, so they come to play Chelsea and Man City. My son's a huge Man City fan. Okay. And he's like, "So how many Premier League titles have you won?" I said, "How many Champions League finals have you guys won? <laughs> Let's not start comparing things here." But um yeah, who knows? I mean, they're they're off to a f- they're they're off to a fantastic start. Yeah. Undefeated.
1: Undefeated, eh? Um so there's a bunch of stuff I wanna to, wanna to talk talk about or talk to you about. You know what? You you are still a fan of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. His um, last season, right? Last season just started.
0: It did on Sunday.
1: On Sunday, um. As you as you were, I'm assuming you watched.
0: I made the observation Sunday night yeah. that I really have not come to terms with what has transpired. Yeah. It's just. It seems almost uh, unbelievable. Sure. What is. And, and you, go, you go back and you watch his shows and you listen to his, and you, you, everyone's looking for signals and signs and things. But yeah, yeah it's just, it's so, so many questions. Hmm. But the, the way he crafts things, the stories he tells, yeah. the way he wrote, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable product.
1: Were you a fan of the product or a fan of the story?
0: I've always been a fan of, of him way back to even, even the no reservation days. Yeah, um, Just the way he told the story. Mm. The, way he cra- the way he put it together. The, yeah. the, 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 the ability to get the reminder that conversations come around food.
1: True. It's true, isn't you it? Know. We're sitting here in a bar. <laughs> yeah, the conversations
0: come around food. Yeah. And just the places he's gotten. And I've gone to a number of the places he's been to. Okay. Around the world. Yeah. And uh, so you kind of see things through your eyes of having gone there and, and maybe not experienced the same way he has, mm. but
1: yeah. What 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 do you think we'll miss by him being gone?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Um... I think somebody who's not afraid to pull, pull out the tough questions. Hmm. Uh, he has the ability to go to places that people never probably thought about going to. Yeah, and he brought a lot of that to the American audience, especially. Oh yeah. Um. And I think just the natural joy of life. Yeah. That came about with his hmm. shows.
1: You've you've also worked with another friend. We have in common Mike Downey. Mm. Um, and Stuart Cox. And Stuart Cox. That's yeah. who, and both of them have been. <laughs> that's right. Have been in here. Yeah. Um, well, tell me, that's right. Was it on the same project you worked with both of them?
0: It was through Stuart and Antica that I worked with Mike. Okay. Yeah.
1: What it was, was the same project. What was that project you were working on? It was on? a
0: Canada 150 project okay. that came about last year that mm-hmm. I did a contract with them on. And okay. basically, our objective was to work with um, Spotify, who identified a number of Canadian artists that they wanted to talk to about mm-hmm. Canadian musicians that inspired them to be, you know, over their lives. Yeah. So we did a series of audio interviews and a series of videos that correspond with that. Mm-hmm. So we were in... You know We went to Edmonton for Ruth B., uh, we went to Montreal for um, Charlotte Cardin, a couple of others, and we went, you know, a lot of um, Metric, Cardinal Official, Rush. Oh my god, I'm probably forgetting a half of them by now, <laughs> but um, there's about 10 in total, yeah, uh, that we've talked to. And it, was, it was really, ma- it was a really fun project and create these little playlists, nice and interstitials about, you know, all this. I remembered, you know. I remember Ruth B telling us a story about when she was a kid. All their friends getting together to go see, um, I think it was Justin Bieber, you know, or, or getting them to talk about how she was talking about how much she loved Drake, yeah, and, and just the bands that inspired huh. the musicians that inspired them coming up.
1: Who inspired Rush? Do you do you remember?
0: Um, the Rush one was interesting because they talked a lot about the bands that they helped along the way too. Okay. So they're you know they're talking about their days with Kim Mitchell and. Um, and with you know, some of the prog rockers like Yes and all the stuff back in the 70s and 80s. Wow. And, you know, how they really, uh, they appreciated when bands gave them a chance, so they always wanted to try and give other bands a chance. Mm.
1: I think they, the hip opened for them a few they times, did. right? on tourism. I
0: I saw them, the hip, open for Rush wow. at the Gardens in 92. And Gord said, we got a brand new song we want to play. It's about a guy who used to play hockey here. Uh, I was in the first was bit, it was that uh, the first time they played that first song? time i heard 50 mission cap it yeah. hadn't even come out They hadn't even recorded fully completely at that point in time right this was huh. still on road apples at that yeah. point in time so
1: and how, do you remember the feeling of that song i remember was it was it just a good rock yeah i was like this is, <laughs> this is a pretty cool story right this is pretty cool yeah
0: um no that was a good show and and you know but it was it was and i kind of made the, the the point at the time and i think i said this to mike i said the last one we did was rush and I've been a rush fan for sure forever and I said if this is if sitting down and interviewing rush and talking to them about the bands that inspired them and their legacy in Canada yeah. is the last thing I do in this business yeah I'm good <laughs> I'm good I'm out you know yeah uh, but it was a, it was a fun project mm-hmm. and it was great to do something for Canada 150.
1: yeah you you said in a tweet uh, we, we had a, a short uh, tweet discuss, Twitter discussion um, and you said you'll learn a lot working with with mm. uh, with Mike. What sort of things and i'm I'm guessing it was on the technical side and stuff, yeah, it was just the craft you learn? Yeah. It, it
0: was the it was the craft from the video side hmm. um, and you know stepping back and watching how they did things and how he directed and he and I worked together on you know asking the he would ask we, we, the bunch of us would get together and write the kind of questions we wanted to ask the artists okay, and then he would ask them and then i would I would do my point, and we'd kind of work together, he'd did his bit, and I'd do mine, so it was just. I would spend time watching the way he approached it and the way he would. I had never really done interviews like sure. this at this point in time. So, and I'd seen many people interview people over the years. Yeah. But to see him do it from a camera perspective, hmm. right, and the way he made them feel comfortable, engaged. Yeah. So, it was, and it was one of the, the few times I got together and I kind of ran a project as well. Oh. So I think what was interesting, was when this opportunity came up with the curious cast going back to chorus i thought this is an ability to go back and do something that i can you know if if i'm fortunate enough to to get the role i could manage productions mm. from a technical side i don't have to manage people yeah right i'm not a creative director i don't have to deal with the the people management side the hr side and all that i can get in and work with and sit down and just formulate ideas. And I loved, and that's one of the things I really loved when I was, I discovered I loved when I was down with, when Stuart and Mike and the crew down there was Mm -hmm. we would just sit down and jam about things. It's like, wow, this is maybe a part of my brain I haven't properly exercised. (laughs) Because usually I was sitting with a client trying to come up with a solution for what they wanted to try and do. But this was a whole different way of doing
1: it. Interesting. Like you're creating something. Yeah. What do you you think of what what, what Stuart's doing at uh, Antica slash E1 Podcasts?
0: I I haven't
1: really. He's like f- your competitor. Well, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: they've built up a, a really good catalog yeah. over, over there with with that he I guess um, he yeah. once uh, taken on uh, right now. But I, I like they they've certainly got an approach that they want to take and the kind of podcast they want to get in, and that's a it's a very smart idea to have that. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I learned a lot from them, and I really learned a lot about the podcast business from a business side with, with my short time there. Mm. So, um, and I know that Stuart and Mike are fans of the story. Yes. Right. So are, right? the podcast that Stuart has, you know, there's a story there, there's personalities there, there's r- human emotion there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where my idea of yeah. really wanting to do something, human emotion came from as as well. Yeah. Um, but I know there's a whole whack of Um, topics we can cover in the podcasting world when we do stuff. I mean, we're not going to, I don't think, turn our nose up at anything. It's like, Mm. okay, well, that's an interesting one. Let's see where that goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Rob, thanks so much for your time here. This this has been fun. Thank you to all our listeners for listening, uh, and thank you especially to girthradio.com here inside Pacific Junction Hotel in downtown Toronto. If uh, you want to subscribe, please do so. We would love it. Go to KareemKanji.com slash subscribe, and you'll see all the links there for Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and almost anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. If you want to chat, you can find me on Twitter at Kareem Kanji. Uh, Rob, if people want to find out what you're up to, where, <laughs> where can they go? Or maybe you don't want them to find you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if you really want to follow. <laughs>
0: um, mine is Robbie underscore J. At Robbie underscore J. On Twitter. I Rob. wanted to have Robbie J, but somebody has it and they parked it. And they're not doing anything. And they're not doing uh, anything. And this uh, is, yeah. a, this is a, a name Howard gave me years ago. Robbie J. Robbie J.
1: Awesome. And if you liked this conversation with Rob, check out episode 88 with Mike Downey and episode 136 with Stuart Cox. Again, thanks so much, man.
0: Thanks, man.